What is up, Financial Freedom Fest fam? Today we've got a cool one. This is actually going to be like such a valuable one for you if you're thinking about investing in real estate. Because how did I, as a 22-year-old kid, just go and buy real estate and be confident in buying real estate? I'm going to tell you how. The way to do it is by being confident in your numbers and knowing what you're looking at. And it's not hard. There's not a lot to look at. There's certain numbers every single time that you may need to look at. Every property may have a little bit of differences from the other, but mostly they are the same exact thing. And I'm going to show you what to look for, what numbers you need to look for, and some sources that you can use, websites you can use, so you literally, you don't have to have this in your head. You know what I never did? I did after I did it for a long time, but you can go on a website and buying real estate can build passive income and you keep your expenses low and you build your passive income up to that. You reach financial freedom. And when we do this at an accelerated rate, we reach financial freedom fast, which is what this podcast is all about. We give you actionable tips, content, and knowledge to reach financial freedom fast and build the life of your dreams and hell we give you information and knowledge and tips and love and everything that you need right now to just live the life of your dreams right now and be happy and be in the moment and live the life that you want to live right now while you're building passive income you don't want to be the guy who says or the gal that says when I get here, I'm going to be happy. When I reach financial freedom, I'm going to be happy. I talk about this all the time, man. We got to be happy now. We got to be here now. This is life. This is what it is. The only moment you have is right now. Breathe in, breathe out. The only breath you can breathe is this breath right here. You can't breathe a future breath. You can't bring a past breath. That's why we go back to the breath to bring us to this moment and to remember that in this moment, we need to be happy. This is the only moment that there is. The future is an illusion. The past is an illusion. So let's focus in on being happy now and more happiness will come to us and we can focus on building more happiness or just be as happy as you can be right now. Have yourself be happy while you're maybe working a job right now. And then in a year and a half, a year, six months, whatever it is, when you left that job because you were watching the financial, listening to the Financial Freedom Fast podcast, and you learned the tips and knowledge and everything that you needed to be able to quit your job and build passive income and build a life of your dreams. So how do we buy damn rental properties, Matt? How do we do that? It's really not hard. Just like financial freedom is a math equation where your expenses, your passive income needs to be greater than your expenses and boom, financially free for you to have a good rental property. It's basically the same thing, just different numbers. So your rental income needs to be greater than your expenses. And then boom, you got a good rental property. And what is that rental property doing? It's paying you in four separate ways. So if you buy a property right now today and it's paying you rental income, your expenses are two grand and your rental property is paying you $2,500, you are making $500 a month. That's called cash flow, baby. Cash flow, baby. We can be flowing on that stuff. We can be living on that stuff. That's what I live off of is cash flow. And then we've got appreciation, right? Appreciation, your 
your property most likely over a period of time is going to increase in value. And there's two ways to do that. You can force appreciation by doing different renovations to a property, making it worth more, or just natural appreciation where there's inflation, the market goes up and, you know, markets get better and nicer and prices tend to increase. Some areas they decrease, but most of the time over a 10 year, 15 year, 20 year period, the prices are increasing. So that's appreciation. And then we've got loan pay down. So every month your loan is being paid down by the renters. So you're paying rent, you're paying a mortgage, you're paying off a loan. That loan keeps getting paid down and down and down and down and down, building equity in a property. And that's like a big ass bank account that you can build over 30 years. You pay that property down. And that was a $400,000 property then. Now it's an $800,000 property. Guess what? You paid down a $400,000 property with money that you weren't even paying. It was your tenants paying it. They paid down this big ass bank account for you that was worth 400 grand. Now it's worth 800 grand. That's basically like an $800,000 bank account. And guess what? That property has been paying you $500 a month every single month for the past 30 years. That's a, a lot of money. That's six grand per year, baby, times 30. What does that come out to? Six grand is $180,000, I think. 30 times six, six, 18, two, uh, wait, yeah. Yeah, $180,000 plus your $800,000. That property, one property could make it $980,000. So uh, a little review here. So far we have cash flow, we have a loan pay down, and we have appreciation. The last thing is tax benefits. Real estate is a very tax advantaged asset. That's Those are the four reasons why we want to buy real estate. But how do we, now Matt, how do we do this, man? How do we get confident in our numbers? How do we take a look at a property, analyze the property, see how much expenses are coming. What are the expenses we need to look for? How do we calculate the income? How do we do it, Matt? How do we do it? Yeah, I'm going to show you how. So um, number one, what we want to take a look at, right, is we've got our purchase price on a property. A good way to find properties that might cash flow is using something called the 1% rule. Some people say it doesn't work anymore. It works. You can find properties that do this, right? 1% rule. You want your income that's coming in on a monthly basis, so your rental income to be at least 1% of the purchase price of the property. So if you're buying a $100,000 property, right, you want your monthly income, your monthly rent to be at least $1,000, and that property will most likely cash flow. Now, if you can find even more than that, great. You find a $100,000 property that brings in two grand a month, that's 2%. That property is going to cash flow most likely as long as the taxes aren't crazy. So how do we do this stuff, man? What are the numbers we need to look for? So first of all, you don't need to know all this, right? All you got to do, all you got to do is go online and Google rental property calculator. It's that easy rental property calculator rental property calculator google it you got google rental property calculator boom you'll see like a hundred of these things click on one i use uh calculator.net it comes up it's the first one that comes up there's also a bigger pockets one you'll have to pay to use it i paid to use it for a while and then just wasn't getting the value from bigger pockets that i wanted to so i dropped off the site didn't pay 350 dollars a year whatever it was to be a pro member thought it was a little bit ridiculous and uh now i use calculator.net which still works and that'll literally show you everything that you need to put in to calculate what your net income, your cash flow is going to be on a property to make sure that it works well. 
So what are some of the things that we have here? So we've got purchase price. It asks for right away if we're on calculator.net, which will be something that you can find if you're searching for a property, you find a property on Zillow and let's say it's a two unit property and you find out that it brings in $2,000 a month in rent. Zillow typically has all that information right on it. If not, Zillow lists who the listing real estate agent is. You could get your own agent to reach out to them, or you could reach out to that listing real estate agent. If you scroll down on Zillow, on the side, it has information about who listed it. You could reach out to that agent, right? And find out all this information. But so we have purchase price, $100,000. Let's say our income is coming in at $2,000 a month. Um, and I'll give you some more tr tips on how to figure all this stuff out, right? But for now, some of the things that this calculator is going to ask is your down payment, your interest rate, your loan term. So uh, typically as a new buyer, your loan term is going to be 30 years. You want it to be 30 years. Don't do a 15 year. I, I mean, you can, but like, dude, you want as much cash flow right now so you can get out and be financially free. So you take a 15 year loan, you're paying down your loan much quicker. Great. You're building equity. Great. But like equity is no good stuck in a house. Money's no good stuck in a house. So take the cash flow and you will be, um, happy that you did. So use a 30 year loan is basically what I'm saying when you are evaluating your deals as a down payment. If you have a, if you haven't bought a home yet, you can use something called a FHA loan, first time home buyers loan, three and a half percent down. So you can use 3.5% as your down payment. Or if you can come up with 20 to 25% of a down payment, you can put that into the calculator, which is typically what a lender will ask for. But just know if you haven't bought a house yet, you could use three and a half percent as a number. You could even use 10%. Some lenders will allow that. I know there's some loans out there that also allow 5%. So don't think that you need to use only 20 or 25%. Interest rate is easy, right? So all we need to do with that is Google today's interest rate on mortgages, right? So that's basically the interest that you're going to pay to the loan. And you'll go online. You'll see what today's going interest rate is. Now it might change a little bit, but you're able to lock in when you start to talk to lenders and have a property. But that'll give you a good idea just to run numbers because these are all preliminary, right? So you can find the first three things. Basically, they're, they're all out there. Like everything is easy to find. Now comes what you need to do when you're analyzing property. Let's say this property needs no repairs, right? Because this is a cookie cutter. If we get a property that doesn't need repairs, we are fine and take a look at it. I'll have another podcast out on doing repairs and who to bring in, what to do and what to do yourself. If you can, I didn't do anything myself anyway. So some of the things that we need to look for when we are analyzing our own properties is property tax, right? And that's another thing that will just be listed on Zillow, or you can look it up online, or you can ask a real estate agent so many different ways to find out this information. So you put in this property tax, it'll be on an annual level, right? Then we go to total insurance. So that's typically on an annual basis. And how can you find out what insurance will be? One, you could ask the owner or the real estate agent what it currently is. A better way I like to do is 
to ask an insurance agent, your insurance agent, what it would come in around. And that'll give you almost an exact amount of what you'll pay. Or you could just look online at the averages, you know, depending on the area, the size of the house, how nice it is, the fixtures that are in it, all that stuff. It might be a little bit more expensive, a little lower. So I would just check online, check what the area is, check on Zillow, ask the real estate agent or ask an insurance agent. Just go directly to the source, my peeps. Going to the source is the best way to do a lot of things, right? Um, you'll see on here HOA fee. If there's something with an HOA fee, I'm not going to touch it. I'm not buying it just as an investment. Honestly, don't buy it. Just don't do it. Uh, you could HOA fee is something for you, for those of you that don't know is a homeowners association. It's like an outside group that does cleaning and maintenance and stuff like that on the property. And then they charge you, but they have, uh, they have the choice to increase. If HOA is $500 a month, they could have the, the choice of next year raising it to $1,000 a month. That increases your cost, which decreases your cash flow. And we don't like that. We like to control what we can. So then you've got things like other costs that you might want to add in there, like little random things that might be listed on the on the site. Like if there is, um, typically they have lawn maintenance. That's something that you might not want to do. Fifty dollars a month if you have to keep carry your lawn. You got to look in every single district, like what they have. If maybe garbage, there could be a, a charge for garbage. Some towns add it into the taxes. Sometimes don't. The town I invest in puts that into uh, their taxes. But these are all little things that, you know, I typically added like for a two unit, three unit, I was adding like $200 in a month of just random costs that I didn't know if they would pop up. And that should cover you uh, pretty well. Then you've got things that will pop up. They'll be variable expenses, right? So these are vacancies these are possibly a, a management fee if you are using a manager typically a management fee someone to manage your property i recommend managing your property so you could take as much cash flow home as possible but if you do cho choose to manage the best way to find out how much that's going to cost it's on a percentage basis of the rent that you're bringing in it's to reach out to a local property manager how can you do that google property manager and your town I recommend managing your stuff right off the bat. But if you don't want to do it and you want to invest, then reach out to a property manager. Find out how much they're going to charge. It's going to be between 5 and 12%, depending on the area that you're investing in. You can find it even lower than that. Most areas, 5 and 12% is a good guess. So then you're going to have things, uh, something called vacancy rate. That's how much time tenants are not living in your property how long it takes to lease up a property what's a good way to do that you could reach out to a property management group in your area again by googling property management and the town and you could ask them how much what they're seeing for vacancy rates and this vacancy rate is a percentage right so they will basically say ah there's a 10 percent vacancy rate what that means is that 10 percent of the time your property is vacant it's not rented on average so if you have $3,000 a month in rent, that's $36,000 a year in rent. Every year that would take out 10% for vacancy. So $3,600 a year would come out for vacancy. If you don't have any vacancies, great. But you like to account for that and you like to add that in there just so you know you're cash flowing. Uh, and, and we want to account for that right off the bat so we know what our cash flow will be when we run into these things, if and when. So typically between 
five to fifteen percent is a vacancy rate that you'll see in most areas. But that is honestly all location dependent. If you've got a high, high, high volume area that is in demand, you're really not going to see any vacancy. I have never seen a vacancy. I haven't seen it except for when I was redoing apartments and then I had to release them and I was going for high market rents. We wanted to find the best tenants. So it took a little while to rent those out. So next we've got repairs and maintenance, things like that. Typically what I would throw in, in the beginning, if you have no idea, just throw in, I would throw in 10%, right? 10, so there's things called CapEx capital expenditures. That's like your roof. That's like your hot water heater. That's structural repairs, things like that. 10% a month. Then there's things like regular repairs, holes in the wall, stuff like that, that people would, I would always put in 10%. For some reason, that was the number, right? But this is all going to depend on how old the house is, what it looks like. You know, is it moving ready? Is it turnkey? If it is, was it just renovated? If it was just renovated, those costs are going to be a lot lower than if not. And now that's why I like using a strategy that I use the Burr method where you renovate the property yourself, then you increase the value. You get to refinance and pull money out for yourself and basically get all the money that you put back in. And you don't have, you don't run into a lot of these capital expenditures because everything was newly renovated by you or your people, which is good. But anyway, if the property's older, you're going to run into, um, these expenses, expenditures. So have someone look through the place, have an ex inspector go through and, or if you know someone that can take a look, like see what it looks like. If you don't know, random number that you can throw in for CapEx and for your repairs is 10%. So overall that's 20% for CapEx and repairs that comes out of the monthly rent that's of your monthly rent. So if you have a rent that is $2,000, 20% coming out each month, each month, that's $400 a month. Are you going to run into a repair that's $400 a month every single month? Probably not, but you might run into one $4,000 repair. So there's 10 months of your cap backs. You might run into that once a year or something similar to that. So that's why we want to prepare for those things. So you've got all that that you factor in there. So those are all basically all your expenses, right? You could even do this in an Excel sheet and just have all those things mapped out and have them on the side and take out a certain percentage for those. Then you've got your monthly rent. This is what you need to figure out. So you want to know the market rent for the area that you're buying this duplex in, whatever it may be, right? So then you reach out to the agent, see what it's currently renting for. Maybe that's not market rent. So a way to find out market rent, three main ways that I like to do it, right? We go on a website called Rentometer. So that's rent, R-E-N-T-O, O is in the letter O, and then meter, M-E-T-E-R, rentometer. So basically what it sounds like, it's a rent meter. You go on there, you put in the address of the place that you're going to buy. You put in what the rent could be or should be. You click calculate. It's going to tell you what the average rent is in that area based on actual rents that have been charged from data that they have collected. And they're going to tell you what the average rent should be for a one bedroom or a two bedroom or a three bedroom, whatever you're getting and whatever property details you put in. So that's a great source to use. You can also use bigger pockets. They have a rental 
uh, estimator on their site that will tell you how much. It's basically the same thing as rentometer. Another way to do this, go go ask a property manager. Go see what could we actually rent this for and be able to rent it out relatively easily and quickly to a good tenant. Another way, Zillow.com. You could go on Zillow. Instead of searching for sale homes or sold homes, you could look up for rent and you could see what's, what rents are being marketed for in that area and maybe even just go a little bit lower see the quality if there's something for two thousand dollars that's high quality and the property that you're buying is mid quality maybe your rent's only going to be fifteen hundred so be conservative with those numbers put them in throw them in this online cloud calculator click calculate see how much money you're going to make or if you're not going to make money if you're not going to make money move on just do these calculations every single day and save up money, buy a property that cash flows, boom, you'll be cash flowing. You'll be making even more every month. Now you can save up more, go buy another property or partner with people, buy more, build up more cash flow, keep cash flowing, keep cash flowing, and boom, pretty soon you'll have enough passive income to quit your job and be financially free, baby. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's about reaching financial freedom fast. If you guys are loving this podcast, please review the pod leave me a review also follow the pod on the whatever app you're listening on apple or spotify whatever follow it so you get a notification when we drop this podcast monday wednesday friday and if you guys need any resources like some of the people that i've had on my podcast they sound interesting to you maybe you want to learn from them maybe you want to talk with them uh, join one of their groups, be in an accountability with a mastermind group with one of them, something like that. Reach out to me. I can connect you with them. And yeah, I am loving doing this. I appreciate you guys. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you listening. Hoping you're getting a lot out of this. If you are, reach out to me and let me know. Love you guys. Hope you have a great day and yeah, peace.